not, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation tonight, Revelation chapter 3, and uh, whenever you're in the book of Revelation, it's always good to remember uh, what chapter 1 verse 3 says, it says, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand, and I, uh, I love the fact that this book uh, uh, has, this book of Revelation has a a promise of a blessing in it, and it's sad that some uh, just totally ignore it. They they skip over it. They don't like it. They it's too hard. Uh, you know whatever the reasoning is, or they uh, they just don't want to understand it. But I'm telling you, there is a blessing in it, and we have uh, we've dug into Revelation many times. Uh, we even went through it uh, a while back, and I I'll tell you it. Every time we seem to get into it, there, there's a blessing there, and it's because God promised that's what would happen. But uh, Revelation chapter 3, we're going to look at the letter to the church of Philadelphia, starting at verse 7 of chapter 3. Uh, it says this, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Uh, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write unto him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you that it's still true. Uh, Lord, that it is still relevant. Lord, I pray. Uh, Lord, you've already promised a blessing for us tonight, so we're looking forward. We're looking forward to that. But Lord, I ask that you just fill us with the unction of the Holy Spirit tonight. Help us to learn. Lord, make it clear to us. And Lord, I thank you for uh, these letters. I thank you for churches that have been going on since you started it. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Lord, challenge us, encourage us tonight. In Jesus' name. And amen. amen. So the city of Philadelphia, it was a prosperous city. It was one of those that had kind of one of the east-west trade highways going through it, uh, connecting Europe to the east. Uh, so there was beautiful buildings there if you'd have been able to see it. Uh, but one of the problems with the city is that it had a lot of earthquakes. So they, uh, from time to time, they would have different earthquakes. And in 17 AD, the city was actually leveled, uh, just about totally destroyed by an uh, earthquake. But the Roman Emperor Tiberius had it all rebuilt. Uh, and uh, this, one of the amazing things about this church and the church in Smyrna, the two letters out of the seven, is they're the only ones that the Lord didn't say anything bad about. There's no nothing condemning in them. If you look at the other five letters, uh, other than Laodicea, usually the format is uh, it, it would start off with something about Jesus, uh, some attribute about him, and then it would start off with the good things they're doing, 
and then the things that need work, that need changed, uh, and then finally, he that overcometh. So Philadelphia Smyrna doesn't have the bad things or things they need to work on, uh, and Laodicea doesn't have any good things. So, uh, But the other ones in the, in the grouping there follow kind of the same pattern. Uh, but I want to look at it tonight. Uh, first, uh, verse 7 is really talking about that part uh, that's talking about Jesus Christ. And what's it say? Uh, at the opening, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. Uh, and so one of the things you can stop right here, and, and it is a blessing that Jesus Christ is described as holy and true right off the bat. And uh, sometimes we may not think that those are as important of characteristics uh, about the Lord, but they are vitally important because you think about it, uh, we, we should be thankful that Jesus is true. He's not trying to deceive us. He's not giving us lies. He's telling, you know, there are things in the Bible that we can't go uh, any other place uh, and prove that it's true. I can't go back to the beginning of creation and watch it again, uh, but I've got a Bible that tells me what's uh, what it says, and we, we can stand on the fact that it's true because our God is true. He's not lying to us. Everything in God's Word is true because it's His Word. But not only that, Jesus is holy. He was holy when He was here on this earth. Uh, that's why He was able to be a sacrifice for our sins, but Jesus is still holy today. He'll always be holy. What's that mean? He can't sin. And praise God, he can't sin against us either. Yeah. You know, you think about that. There are other gods, uh, many other ones that men have made up that uh, they are not holy and they're not true, right? They uh, they do whatever they want. Uh, they, they can change their mind. But I'm glad that Jesus isn't changing his mind. He's not changing his mind on salvation. He's not changing his mind with our future. And I say praise God to that. But Jesus also has the key of David. One thing we know, especially later in this book, Jesus is going to rule on David's throne, but he rules uh, from heaven today. Uh, and remember, uh, he's in power. He's got the key. And it's about to talk about open and shutting doors uh, that nobody can oppose. And you think about the opposite of what we talked about this morning. Remember from Zephaniah, uh, in that day, there were men uh, that said, God will not do good, neither will he do evil. And, and that is not true. We know from this passage and many others that he's ruling. He's in charge. I'm glad he's the head of the church. Uh, I'm glad he is ruling over us uh, and he has power. But Jesus is in charge. Daniel 2.21 says, He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He even uh, changes those who are in power. And the seasons, he keeps this thing going. Remember, I said this morning, some people believe that uh, the Lord created this earth, wound it up and let it go. Uh, no, he keeps it going. And that power that Jesus has, it says he openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. I don't know about you at work, if you deal with computers, uh, sometimes there comes a time where you, maybe it's a long weekend or whatever, you forget your password, right? You just can't get in uh, either to the computer itself or one of the programs in it. And what do you have to do? You got to call IT, right? You got to tell them, it's me, I forgot, I, I messed up, whatever, you know, you're not supposed to write it down and then all these things. But what happens? Have you ever noticed what they do? They come in and they put in their password, they log into their side, and they can unlock it for you. 
right? The door that was closed, they can open it, right? So it tells you uh, that uh, uh, they can open things up that, that we are blocked off with. But not only that, but, you know, I was thinking even in a military sense, sometimes uh, the, a navy of one country will kind of blockade and prevent ships from going back and forth. And then what happens? A bigger navy comes along and opens it right up again. What, what are we seeing here? We're seeing uh, examples of where uh, maybe uh, somebody shuts a door and then someone else opens it. But I'm here. And, and the reason they can do that is they have more authority or more power like in IT or the Navy or whatever. Any other example. I'm glad there's no higher power, no higher authority than Jesus Christ. So when when the Bible says that when he opens something, yeah. nobody can close it. Uh, no hacker, no anything, uh, you know, no, no power, no might, no king. Uh, and then when he closes somebody, nobody can open it. There's no I can't go to anyone else to open a door that he's closed and I'm thanking I'm thankful for that so no power higher power if he shuts the door nobody can open it if he opens the door no man can shut it either and I don't know about you I think we've realized things in our life that when God has opened a door for us and we don't what have we tried to do sometimes we try to shut the door uh, but we can't do it and there's been times in my life where he's opened a door and I, I've tried to get away from it and tried to get around it. But every time I, it seemed I looked, there's the door open again, knowing that I need to walk through it. We can't even shut a door that he opens in our life. But you know what? Sometimes there are situations where the Lord opens the door for a time and then he decides later to shut it. Remember, like we said again this morning, we're not guaranteed infinite chances at anything. We got to do something for the Lord uh, uh, before it's too late, especially salvation. We can't escape any callings in our life. But let's look on verse eight. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut it for thou hast a little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name. I'm glad that Philadelphia, like some of the other churches, they were a church that worked. Amen. They were a church that served the Lord. They did what they were called to do. And here's the thing. When Jesus looks uh, at a church or an individual Christian, he is looking for fruit. He is looking for that. that. That's what he's looking for. Someone that's faithful. And that, because of their faithfulness, he set an open door. But look what else. It says, for thou hast a little strength. This is not a huge church with a big numbers and a big treasury and everything else they were small a little bit of strength but they trusted in the Lord they relied in the Lord and they made an internal difference where they were at they relied on Jesus and Jesus helped them and provided for them and again because of the reliance he set before them an open door not only that he says that Philadelphia kept my word you think about this, it's a Greek city, and so you've got the Greek philosophy going on, and then because it's a trade route, you've got people coming in with every culture, every religious idea, everything else are passing through it each day, all kinds of ideas of what's right and what's not, what religion works, and and idols and everything else. But I'll tell you what, if Philadelphia in their day could stand on the word of God, then why can't we? we are, I, I don't see us, us much different. Maybe we don't have a giant trade route going through, but we've got all the same information passing through with the internet and everything else. Uh, uh, this is why uh, we're constantly pushing and urging that we get in our Bibles every day is because look, look at this church. They're successful. Why? Uh, this probably 
probably the greatest church, one of the ones in the greatest in the Bible. And the Lord tells us one of the keys to their success wasn't big numbers, was because they kept the word. Amen. That's what they did. They kept the word. If we're going to stand in a wicked world, the only way we're going to do it is with the scriptures hidden in our minds and our hearts. We got to stand on it. But not only that, they didn't deny the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But if we go on, it says that because of these things, no man could shut the open door that Jesus set for them, that he opened for them. And here's the thing. You know what I've seen happen before? Jesus opened a door and then they denied him or they walked away from the truth of the word and then he shut the door. Yeah. Amen. Haven't you seen that? How many denominations today are, are maybe they still exist, but they're a shell of what they used to be 50, 60, 100 years ago. Why? Because they've started denying the name of Jesus. And you're saying, well, Mike, I still see. I still see him on the cross. I still see them talking about Jesus. Well, yeah, but it's not the Jesus of Scripture. It's the Jesus they've invented, right? It's the one they want. They've denied the true Jesus. And out of that, they've walked away from the authority of Scripture. I mean, things that are plain in the Bible, they're twisting all around. And then God shuts the door. And you think about that. In verses 7 and 8, you know, the description that he talks about. I, I, was, I was starting to think about this. I mean, if we look at it, 7 and 8. Uh, you know, what are they? They were, uh, they were walking in truth. Uh, you know, they're standing on the word of God. They just a little bit of strength. They're doing what God's called them to do. They haven't denied the Lord. And I thought, now, wait a second. This doesn't sound groundbreaking, does it? It doesn't sound, you know, sometimes I've heard, and, and I've even thought in my mind, the city, uh, the church in Philadelphia, we know this is the one to, to strive to be, to be like, but then you're thinking, well, what's the secret here? Well, that's it. And it's, it's it, any church could be a Philadelphia, I believe. I don't, I don't think it, it takes some special program or anything else, but it takes putting Jesus Christ as the center. He's the strength. He's the truth. He's the one they rely on, and he's the one that you can't deny. But then it makes me wonder, if a church would follow in their footsteps, would Jesus treat them any different than Philadelphia? I don't think so. Wouldn't Jesus set before us an open door? Right? Wouldn't he if we followed in the same thing? What unique, uh, I don't see anything unique in here that any church, like I said, couldn't have today. So then it made me think, what is our open door? What's our open door as a church? And then church is just a, a bunch of Christians that are gathered together that he's put together. So what's the open doors of the church and what's the open doors for each one of us? Yeah. Right? That he's opened and we can't shut it. Nobody can shut it. We're living in a time today where churches are compromising left and right. Right? They're skeptical. The truthfulness of the Bible and everything else, I believe all that does is give us a unique opportunity. Right? You're thinking, well, Mike, we don't have a huge number. We don't have a lot of power. We don't have a lot of uh, 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 push or anything. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. We don't have a huge bank account. But I'm here to tell you, uh, neither did Philadelphia. Right? They didn't have those things. They just had the Lord and the authority of scriptures and they served and they did what God called them to do and God blessed every bit of that. And it made me wonder, Jesus has set open doors in our families, hasn't he? He's set open doors with some friends that we have. He's set open doors at work. 
right? He's placed us on these places on, on purpose, not just to witness, but to be a light and everything else. But he's done other things too. Then it made me wonder, are we walking through those open doors? Or are we going by it, right? And just looking at it and saying, you know what, it's still open. But not today, maybe tomorrow. Coming up with some excuse. Verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know I have loved thee. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but we see that because they're faithful to Jesus, they're faithful to the Bible, he says, one day I'll give you victory over your enemies. That's what we see right there. Persecution's going to come, right? If you're preaching the truth, uh, both Smyrna and Philadelphia, they both underwent persecution, but he said, what I, I think what he's saying right here, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. He's not saying the enemy's going to worship you. He's saying you're going to watch your people who used to be your enemies worship beside you. Amen. I believe we've seen that before, right? People that used to be an enemy of God uh, are now turned and an enemy of the church are now turned uh, and now they're worshiping alongside of us. Verse 10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And I don't know about you. I don't know any other way to read that verse than just what it plainly says, right? The church will not pass through the great tribulation. And I know uh, that it's something that uh, there's people that believe different ways. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I've always said that the, the future is the hardest thing. Uh, I, you know, especially future prophecy and things like that. But here's the thing. If they're undergoing persecution, if they've got enemies going after them, if the synagogue of Satan is fighting after them, this, if this didn't mean what it says it means, there would have been no hope. But instead, there's great hope there because uh, even though this is still an early New Testament church, they would have had things about the day of the Lord, right? We, we talked about one from the Old Testament this morning. They just said, you know what? We're not going to endure those things. We're going to be kept from the hour of temptation. And I'm here to tell you, I say thank God for that. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church had to go through the entire great tribulation. It wouldn't be a hope. It'd be a dread, wouldn't it? We'd be dreading that. We wouldn't want the, those things to start. And I know many people believe that the church at least will go through part of it. But then the problem is if we go through part of the uh, hour of temptation, the verses like this don't work very well. Neither does 1 Thessalonians 4, and neither does Enoch being translated before things happen. And, and really it just kind of makes everything a little confusing and hard to reconcile. But we'll move on. Behold, 11, behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down uh, out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. And here's the thing, just like this morning, what does the Bible say? The Lord, the day of the Lord, uh, his coming is nigh. And it's saying right here, behold, I come quickly. When he comes, it's not slow, right? We're not going to see him coming for, uh, for a couple months like a spaceship or something like that. It's going to be an instant that he's here. Uh, he is coming quickly. Uh, and also, because it's quick and an unknown time, we've got to be ready. 
You've got to be ready at all times. That's why Jesus said, Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Do not give up. Don't uh, trade your faith in for something else. But we've got to hold fast to the truth of Scriptures. We've got to hold fast to Jesus Christ. We've got to hold fast to our faith. The same faith that saved us is the same faith that kept us, kept us and will keep us. The same faith that's going to get us to heaven. And I'm glad I want to be on that same faith and standing on the truth when I see Jesus that no man take thy crown what's he talking about well in the next chapter look at verse 10 and four and twenty elders behold remember chapter four begins with uh, uh, heaven open up a voice sounding like a trumpet saying come up hither and immediately I was in the spirit uh, and then he's there in heaven around the throne but look at uh, chapter four verse ten and the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created uh, he's saying that no man take that crown which crown the same crown that the church is going to cast at Jesus's feet I'm telling you what uh, can you imagine what we would trade that in for instead of casting it at Jesus feet there and worshiping in him in heaven what is greater value than that there's nothing we got to hold on but one of the other things about Philadelphia, remember I mentioned at the beginning, is they suffered frequent earthquakes. And what would happen in those days, they didn't have the measuring tools and everything we have today. Although earthquakes, there's still a lot of unknown, but sometimes they can tell when they're starting to come. But if they had a small, uh, or if there was an earthquake, that a lot of them would come out of town and they would pitch tents out of town in the plain area so that a building wouldn't fall on them or something else. They wouldn't get crushed in their own home. And then after the aftershocks, after a couple days uh, uh, of no earthquakes were done, they would come back into the city. So they had to do that over and over again. Uh, if someone lived in that city through their whole life, they'd have had to done that a handful of times over the years. But what's the Lord say? I will heat him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out there's no more escaping uh, running out of the city because you're afraid things are going to fall on you there's no more of us having to flee an enemy or anything else there's no more of any fear when we get in that new Jerusalem we're not going to be scared out of it we're going to we can be there as long as we want uh, we don't have to escape or flee or anything else we will be with Jesus and I say, praise God. And those pillars that it talks about, this temple, that's a, that's a strong foundation. It is strong. It is stable. It's not shaken by the devil. It's not shaken by this world. And I'm glad one day we're going to abide in that heavenly city and with the heavenly temple, safe and secure with Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I say, praise God. And John said at 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the 
thrones said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And I say, Praise God for that. These things go together. Amen. But look at this. Not only we're we going to get a new name. He says, all right, upon him, the name of my God and my new name. And I'm saying, praise God. His name will be on us. His name's not only on the city, but it'll be on us as well. I'll tell you what, I, I was thinking about this. When we used to travel a lot uh, and go to different countries on mission trips, we'd have a passport, right? And it'd say which country we belong to. It'd say, uh, and right now, if you looked at mine, it says I'm a citizen of the United States, but, but, but beyond that, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not there yet. I'm just passing through. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim down here. That's what we are. But I'll tell you what, uh, just like those saints, of old in the Old Testament but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he hath prepared for them a city I'm thankful for that but I'll tell you what to an overcomer to one that holds fast to the faith to one that stands on the word of God to the one that doesn't deny Jesus Christ we can be there in heaven forever and we can get his name on us and, and we can be a permanent citizen of that holy city and I say praise God for that but again, all of this, I know sometimes we look at Philadelphia as some kind of super church, but really their superpower was in the word yeah. and in Jesus Christ. That's what it was. And that blesses me. Because there, I know that there are times where they, they doubted. I know there's times where they uh, were confused. I know there's times where they were frustrated just like we are. But what did they do? They did what the Lord told yeah. them to do. They held fast. Yeah. And I think we can do the exact same thing. This world is wicked. Yeah. This world loves darkness rather than light. And I don't know how much time we've got less left, but I want to be ready. And I want to be serving. And I want to do as much as we can before this time is up. And I think if we just hold on and hold fast to what, we, what we've been given, we've got a great hope for the future. And I believe God will strengthen us for what he's got us to do today. We're going to open up the altar tonight. If you need to pray about anything.